The Maryland Made Podcast provides timely, relevant, and practical information to empower student-athletes to explore their potentials and pursue their passions. We facilitate an inclusive environment for student-athletes to refine their leadership, explore professional possibilities, and enact change in their community. Happy Monday and welcome to the Maryland Made Podcast. I'm your host, Deja Parker, Community Engagement Intern, bringing you this week's podcast surrounding holistic well-being. Today, we are discussing the importance of mental wellness, specifically self-care and sleep hygiene. With the semester starting a couple weeks ago, it is perfect timing to delve into ways student-athletes can set the tone by using tools that can help navigate the stressors of academia and sport. Joining me today is the Director of Sports Psychology here at the University of Maryland, Dr. Christy Hall. Before beginning our conversation, please give us a brief introduction, talking a little bit about your career journey and your current role at UMD. Okay, um, well, thanks for having me. Uh, and my career journey to get to, I get that question all the time. Um, so back in my day, no, like when I was um, in graduate school and getting my doctorate degree, um, I didn't even know there was a such thing as sports psychology. It wasn't as, um, I guess, uh, really still there's only like two to three uh, sports psychology, like like specific sports psychology programs. Um, so I wasn't aware that there was a specialty of sports psychology. So um, in my doctorate program, um, so I have two, I have an undergraduate degree and two master's degrees um, in psychology. Initially, I was pre-med and um, in my doctorate program my concentration was health and neuropsychology mm. so I focused a lot on the brain and brain functioning um and I thought I wanted to work in a I thought I was going to be a career neuropsychologist um and so I worked in with seriously mentally ill patients for about eight years in a forensic setting so um I was kind of wavering between a neuropsychologist and a forensic psychologist um, which I absolutely enjoyed what I was doing at the time. I was doing a lot of, um, I was a primary evaluator. So I did um, neuropsychological and forensic testing. And then in my private practice is when I um, started working with, with athletes because in high school I played sports. Um, I played volleyball basketball and softball in high school and then in graduate school and in college um I started doing races so I did four triathlons I've done duathlon several duathlons um and I did a couple of bodybuilding competitions (laughs) so um with all that you know um I just kind of wanted to to um to um bridge you know my clinical and educational acumen along with what I love doing which was exercise and sports and you know athletics and like I said in in you know trainings for those for those events those sporting events like the triathlons and particularly bodybuilding like there's a lot of body dysmorphic and a lot of eating disorders um body image issues and you know people have injuries particularly like I said in triathlons there's a lot of injuries my last triathlon I did it was like it was windy it was a lot of major bike crashes that day and so it was a lot right and so I was like geez like you know there needs to be like someone that can help athletes you know um 
you know, regain their confidence, to rehab mentally and emotionally. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I just did my own research and 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 learned that there was a special a specialty of sports psychology. Um, right. And so because I am a clinical, I'm a licensed clinical psychologist, so I'm licensed in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. And psychologists also have a certification. It's called, it's through PsychPAC, where we're licensed um, or certified to provide telehealth in several different states. So mm -hmm. um, I have that as well. Um, so, you know, with, with that, a lot of the programs now for sports psychology, um, they, the three that I, that I'm aware of, they do, they're, they're, um, master's level programs and so they those three specific merge um or marry the clinical you get clinical training along with the sports performance training okay. but otherwise um you know people either do sports performance training and they don't have the clinical um background or clinical training um and then like me there's licensed psychologists or licensed clinicians um that then get their performance training you know secondarily or after um licensure or after clinical training. Wow. That's, I actually never knew that the path, it seems like with that path, there could be a lot of different avenues um, to get there. It but, can. It yeah. can. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what really helped me is my diverse background and diverse mm -hmm. training with, you know, with different populations and different demographics, yeah. um, because our student athletes do come from very diverse backgrounds and, right. you know, have very um, diverse upbringings. And so there's, that and then there's also the clinical training that I have with different you know diagnoses and different populations mm -hmm. um you know a large part probably 95 percent of my job and and um although oftentimes there is a, a um sports related issue the mm -hmm. underpinning of that is clinical um driven like anxiety or depression or you know, even injuries have, um, you know, um, a mental health component to it within the rehab. So, right. Yeah. And I know many of us know that self-care is important, but struggle with actively establishing behaviors to ensure our well-being. So for student athletes in particular, of course, kind of what you mentioned a little bit already, they juggle sports, academics, personal relationships, et cetera. But <laughs> what is your definition of self-care and what can this look like for student athletes? Um, well, so we talk about that a lot. I actually gave two talks about that recently. Um, and so self-care, you know, it's eating, having, you know, a balanced diet and not like going on a diet, but, you know, having healthy, balanced nutritional intake. Um, it means adequate sleep hygiene. Um, that's, we like to say that's part of a, your rehab, right? Um, it could also be taking a bath, you know, um, going on a walk having personal hobbies, exercise. When I mention exercise to, to the student athletes, they're like, ma'am. <laughs> but it could also, you know, a lot of times the exercise that they get, they have to do it. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, incorporating when there is time, maybe in the off season, um, things that, you know, exercise that they enjoy doing or that you enjoy doing. Um, journaling, I'm a big proponent of journaling. And then spiritual practices, not necessarily, you know, praying to a God, but there are studies that, you know, if you believe in something high, like outside of yourself, um, that also helps with your mental health and mental balance and not just thinking that, you know, you are in charge of all, you know, everything within yourself and all your own abilities. Right. Um, so, you know, any behaviors that prevent illness or that prevent 
physical illness and that promote, you know, physical and emotional health, um, they're considered, you know, um, self-care and that can help build your resistance. You know, uh, uh, also connecting with friends because a lot of times our student athletes, they're so focused on their craft and their sport. And like you said, there is the academics part too. Don't forget, right. let's not forget that. But like, you know, they tend to only engage with and hang out with, you know, their teammates and be, you know, so focused on their sport that sometimes there isn't room or they, it's easy to forget your friends and family in your real life and your normal day-to-day -day life. So that's important too, to kind of, you know, help you stay grounded that way. For sure. And and it seems like there's, well, there are so many benefits to self-care. So like, why might there be some hesitation from student athletes to not practice self-care? Or what do you think those barriers could be? Um, well, typically, because, you know, we live in a society of like, go, 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 you can mm -hmm. sleep when you die. And, you know, there's just this um, always having to be on and always having to be driven type of mentality yeah. um, that, you know, when you when they do take a break and, you know, this is not just for student athletes, but anyone, you know, that CEOs or, you know, exactly. um, type A personality type people, mm -hmm. you know, thinking that, oh, if I take a break, then you know, I'm being lazy or, you know, you may look at social media or they look at, mm -hmm. may look at, you know, someone else and think that, oh, they're getting extra reps in. I should be getting extra reps in too. And, you know, if I don't keep pushing, then I won't get playing time or, you know, my coaches or my teammates may look at me as weak. Yeah. So there's that faulty thinking era that, you know, you have to always be on or have to always be doing things mm -hmm. and that there's no time for rest. When in fact, that's the opposite. Like we have to have rest in order to recharge mm -hmm. and in order to be, you know, efficient and, and have your body and your, your mental health and your mental focus and mental agility. Absolutely. And I, and you kind of mentioned this before as well, but I know we were talking about self-care in general, but um, I want to talk a little bit more specifically about sleep hygiene, which we know can be a major benefactor to your overall well-being. So can you describe that a little bit and why that's important for student athletes, but maybe for anyone, honestly, why that is important? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, sleep uh, over the summer was funny to, for football during mm -hmm. camp. Like that's, I was always like, how much, how much sleep are you getting? Mm -hmm. Like rack up on your sleep now. Cause you know, you will it'll soon be like, you'll be trying to catch naps, you know, midday. Yeah. But, um, I like to say sleep hygiene is like the outlet, like pressing that reset button on the outlet, because literally it's beneficial and, and for all of our well-being, right? Mm -hmm. So like it helps for um, all your executive function, like organization, planning, um, memory, which are all things that we all, not only student athletes, but we all need. But just yeah. think about it, um, particularly for student athletes, they need to be able to plan efficiently, like to plan your day, to plan your agenda. They have so much going on. Yeah. And then um, memory, right, for like, plays <laughs> like we forget that you have to re remember plays mm -hmm. um and you also have to be able to balance um you know academics along with um with athletics so that's a major key um it's also beneficial for um just your your body just rehabbing your muscles so if you don't sleep well you know your body won't be able to rest and rehab efficiently um, yeah. along with your mood. So it's helpful for um, mood management. So just, you know, think about the times where you haven't gotten enough or adequate sleep. You're probably 
anxious or frustrated or irritable. And so then, you know, if you're starting out with being irritable, then you carry that over to your sport, which you then mm. carry that over and it affects others, you know, or your team. And it's like, geez, like, what did I do to you? You know, right. it's like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm sleepy. I'm tired. Right. So all those things are important. Um, It's also beneficial for um nutrition. Like mm. I said, like it could, you know, cause cause you to either gain weight or to lose weight um if your sleep hygiene and sleep is inadequate so you know there's several benefits there and to me there's all benefits to sleeping and having adequate sleep and having adequate sleep hygiene and then you know sleep hygiene where I'm using that word a lot so sleep hygiene is what it says like at you know hygiene for your sleep Mm -hmm. so typically the recommendation is that you have seven to eight hours of sleep um, a night, there is like a certain amount of time that you want to cycle through REM sleep. Um, I won't get into the science of that, but <laughs> there is a certain amount of times for adults that, uh, that is recommended for adults to, 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 like I said, cycle through, there's five stages of sleep. So to cycle through all the stages of sleep, mm-hmm. um, and you know, it's, yes, you, we do want you to have the, the eight, seven to eight hours, but it's not always about the amount or the quality. It's also about the quality of sleep. Mm. That's why, you know, it's important to be able, like I said, to cycle through those five stages. Um, and then within that, right, like having a wind down time. So if you want to be sleep by, you know, 10 o'clock, then you want to start, you know, winding down by 930. And what does that mean? That means, Mm. you know, turning off your electronics, um, you know, whatever your nighttime routine is, whether it's, you know, wash, brushing your teeth or taking a shower or anything like that, whatever you have to do to prepare for bed. Um, because by the time you get in bed, you want to be able to go to sleep, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes I recommend, you know, meditation um, for the Big Ten. We do have a partnership with the Calm app. Mm. So all of the student athletes as well as faculty, uh, athletic faculty, are have uh, access to the Calm app. So that is a meditation app that has several different features on it that, you know, can help you um, with sleep and, you know, guided meditation um, to kind of get you in that mode of winding your, your brain down and calming down and, you know, kind of helping you to not focus on several different things at once. Right. Um, and so then the bedroom and the, the bed itself should only be used for sleep. Mm. Um, if you're not sleepy and not ready to go to bed, they suggest not getting in bed um, mm. because, you know, it's like a pairing. You want to be able to pair your bed with sleep, right? Yeah. Um, and so then the room should be like a cool type temperature, um, dark. So there's those blackout curtains that people, that some people have mm. or that you can order. Um, to take it a bit further, if you want to have like a nice um, lavender or sometimes people say vanilla um, scent in your room to kind of, you know, calm you down as well. Um, and then again, like I mentioned before, no electronics in the bed. Um, so having your cell phones, you know, on do not disturb mm-hmm. and, you know, turning your TV off. Um, there's, you know, sometimes uh there's like the the thought and the idea that you know sleep is your a part of your unconscious and so like have you ever noticed that when you whatever you like if you're watching a scary movie on tv yeah sometimes you might have those types of dreams Mm -hmm. that is the thought and idea behind you know like not having anything um you know 
playing in the background or like the TV mm-hmm. on that could cause a disruption with your sleep. Because again, it's not only the sleep quality, quality but also the sleep quantity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you want to have a restful night's sleep when you wake up. And right. then, um, you know, like I said, hopefully sleeping throughout the night. You know, there's some people that report that they can get to sleep but have a difficulty sleep, staying asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, it takes them a long time to get to sleep, you know, and then when they do get to sleep, it, they sleep well, but it kind of takes a long time. So yeah. um, you do want to be able to train your body. Sometimes you'd have to train your body. And it could be difficult, you know, with, with our student athletes because their schedules can be very hectic, you know, like with... Yeah uh practices and and games and then the academic part and you know travel so it can be difficult but you do want to have the same sleep pattern the same sleep schedule as best as you or as close as you can you know daily on a day-to-day basis yeah i I think that's great i I love that you mentioned the calm app because that's what i use to 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 Mm -hmm. go or right Mm -hmm. before or i'll try to do yoga because it's true if i don't do those things i'm it takes me forever to fall asleep like you let your body kind of calm down so yeah that's great advice for sure Mm -hmm. um and I know you and your staff have been so forward thinking and game changing when it comes to the mental health programming here at University of Maryland, specifically athletics. But um, what are some new initiatives that have been put into effect since your arrival? Um, well, since I since I arrived just under a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so it, right now, it's three of us in the, in the department. Mm-hmm. Um, we are searching for a fourth uh, clinician. Mm-hmm. Um, there's 700 student athletes plus give or give or take a little bit, and it's a lot for us yeah. to yeah. handle. But what we do, what we have initiated is attending, you know, all home games. So um, let me back up a bit. So each of us are the point person for a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whichever point person we are for that team, we do try to attend all home games. Um, sometimes we might travel with, along with the teams. Um, and so in addition to seeing student athletes for individual therapy, we do like the teams that we, like I mentioned, you know, our point persons for, like we do mental performance work with them, mm-hmm. for example, mindfulness or meditation um, or any like team building activities, you know, that that the teams, the, and the athletes themselves and particularly the coaches, you know, request. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes we meet with teams weekly as a team and sometimes it might be bi-weekly. It just depends on the team and, you know, the request of the coaches. Right. And, excuse me, beyond that, we also have programming within our department. So, for instance, we initiated WAGS for Wellness. Just, like, WAGS for Wellness is already on the University of Maryland campus. And um, I was in a couple of meetings this week and they meant, they had the WAGS for Wellness after dark. Uh-huh. And I know when I saw that, and I even mentioned it, like, ex, you know, because we like to share with the student athletes, like what other things are going on across campus, not just with our programming. And they yeah. were like, what is, you know, they were like, had mm-hmm. funny comments to make. Um, but literally like they, you, they, there's, there's studies that says that if you, um, if a person has, spends at least 15 minutes a day, like with a dog or petting a dog, that that can lower their cortisol levels and like help them to calm down. Um, so we, you know, initiated or adopted, should I say the WAGS for wellness program just for student athletes. So what that is, is like, uh, they have dogs, uh, like four to five dogs that come to our facility, just the athletic facility. 
um, and the student athletes are able to pet them, you know, they can stay the whole time or they can just stop through and, you know, rub on them, pet them, whatever. Yeah. And as I mentioned, that helps to lower your cortisol levels and your stress level. Um, so we initiated that. Other programming we do is Wellness Wednesdays. And so uh, we kind of wanted to try and correlate with, you know, things in the month. Um, for example, this is Suicide Prevention Month. And then October is uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. So we'll be doing something um, for our, one of the teams is football, obviously, that um, even before I got here, football was doing a mental health awareness game. So now we're just, um, you know, kind of taking initiative with the mental health aspect from our department for their mental health awareness game. Yeah. So things of that nature. And then partnering with other um, uh, departments on campus. So this is the first time that we partner with kinesiology department on campus, mm -hmm. um, like ever. So, you know, it's, last week I, I attended Dr. Goldstein's class and he was like, this is groundbreaking yeah. uh, because, you know, they are the sport psychology research, actually, you know, they're like the mm -hmm. academia um, and we're the clinical. So mm -hmm. to partner with them, it is kind of groundbreaking, so to speak, because, you know, and a lot of our student athletes actually are kinesiology majors. Right. Um, a lot of them are interested in sports psychology. So um, to work together with that department is, you know, something that is to take Dr. Gold's things were historical and yeah. Um, and then uh, I'm on the mental health coalition on campus, so you know, working partnering with um other, like I said, departments of mental health so that we don't one that we're informed and two we can like not always have to reinvent the wheel, like kind of adopt yeah. and you know just bring over what's already happening on campus and provide that to our student athletes and our student athlete population mm -hmm. um, is, you know, something that we're actually trying to um, encourage more of. So, and then um, this, the, uh, we actually fall under the University Health Center. So we partnered with them a lot, mm -hmm. obviously, and then the Counseling Center. Okay. Yeah. And like with, with that in mind, I know when you all are thinking about your programming and stuff with the change the changing like landscape of college athletics it feels like it just changed every day and mm -hmm. like what what do you all keep in mind or what are you doing to when you're strategizing when it comes to like creating resources for student athletes on this campus I don't know if it's like using social media more I'm not sure but it would be good to kind of know your insight on that yeah so um when the incoming like we had two um surveys so at the end of last uh academic year and then when the incoming freshmen come in, um, actually um, academics has a bridge program. So for the incoming freshmen, it's a program, you know, that like like we said, a bridge, like it is a bridge between high school and college to kind of mm -hmm. help get them acclimated, you know, to the college campus and college life, um, you know, before the fall semester starts. Mm -hmm. So we, um, like I said, had a survey for each the out, not only not just the freshman last semester but all student athletes last semester and then the incoming freshmen mm -hmm. um to kind of ask them because partly put a pin in that whenever anyone any department does a survey it's always the 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 um outcome is always the student uh mental health is always the highest um interest for student athletes mm -hmm. um, but then with our surveys we wanted to know like well what 
do you really mean by mental health? Like I'm a clinician. So that, you know, mental health concerns are different or maybe different for me than they are for student athletes. So that's how, that's one way and one avenue that we learn, you know, Hey, what's, what's important for them? Mm -hmm. What type of programming should we be providing? Who should we be partnering with on campus, you know, to kind of provide that for them as best we can. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, a way and an avenue that, hopefully I answered your question, that we learned, you know, what programming that we were going to provide for them this semester. You know, that that makes perfect sense. Like, literally asking them, what do they Mm, they want? What do you need from us? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's great. And I know with that being said, even in our office as well, like now more than ever, it seems that student athletes are have been at the forefront for like asking for mental health support. Um, have you seen an uptick in student athletes taking advantage of your services lately? Oh, for sure. Um, like we are, we work around, you know, um, 12 month periods that we worked during the summer. Um, but, you know, in the summer months, student, all student athletes aren't here. Like there are mm-hmm. some here, you know, that take summer courses and that are getting rehab and, some that we see virtually um but literally like when the first week of classes like student athletes were like we have so we have a um referral form they can either refer themselves or Mm -hmm. athletic trainers or coaches can refer them but literally that first week we had a influx of you know requests for appointments Mm -hmm. um and additionally going back to when you what you asked about what we incorporated so there's always been a screening process, but we adopted um, the screener from the Olympic committee team. Um, and so we adopted that and utilized that for um, our student athletes, like the incoming, uh, like outgoing from last semester. And then as well as incoming, uh, all not just freshmen, but all athletes, student athletes mm-hmm. coming in. So with that screener, it is very helpful because we're able to kind of capture, you know, student athletes that may or may not have requested services on their own. So um, that's the way that, you know, the uptick in your words, you know, of appointments and individual sessions and requests have um, have been increased as well. So you know, some student athletes may report, even even if the screener isn't elevated, you know, um, maybe one or two questions may be elevated, like anxiety um, is a, a major one. Um, so, you know, I've had some some student athletes that report like, oh, this is something I thought about before, um, but I just never requested the services or never knew how. We mm-hmm. have a lot of transfer students that report that they don't have, um, they don't have sports psychology at their that or they didn't have it at their on their campus you know at their prior universities yeah so just you know to know that the services are here a lot student athletes do utilize it for sure and I I know you talked a little bit about this with like you all having a presence at their games and stuff which I think does definitely help to um normalize you all's presence and them knowing that you all are there to assist them. Are there other barriers that you see for like reasons why um, Sunathis haven't maybe taken advantage of the services? It's just not knowing that what's available or is there other reasons as well? Um, You know, I think just the normal reasons mm-hmm. um, behind, you know, mental health or ask, requesting mental health services like mm-hmm. this still, you know, um, there's still a stigma regarding mental health and requesting mental health services. Um, you know, maybe seeing as there's something wrong with you, 
Um, so, you know, we really work hard to normalize um, seeking our services, like to your point, attending practices and, you know, them getting to know us outside of, you know, an office space. So, you know, I love the fact that we are, our offices are in all the athletic facilities, right? Like we're just like each of us have offices that are dispersed throughout the athletic facilities where the student athletes actually are. Um, and then, you know, going to practices, being president games, all of that just helps to helps not only us to get to know them, but them to know us. And right. it might be a little less intimidating to come up to us doing practice. Um, or if we're in the and we're if we're in the training room, you know, or in the academic facility versus, you know, stepping out, coming to knock on the door or, you know, yep. requesting um our services. Yeah. And um I know and we we talked about the landscape a little bit before, but even with the Big Ten specifically, we know that there will be some new schools joining. And um this is happening with other conferences as well, but what impact do you see the conference realignment having on student athletes moving forward? And like, what can we do as support support staff to help during that time? I know it'll be a lot more like cross country travel and just a lot of stuff with that. So I'm wondering if the yeah. mental health has to um for sure. I like that question. So they're the Big Ten um mental health cabinet um within <laughs> you know the Big Ten. So that what I I'm a part of that as well, and I attended um the last meeting in this in this spring and so that question was posed to us you know the mental health uh clinicians and so the primary thing is sleep that we mentioned earlier like you mm -hmm. know just regular travel even for a pleasure right like if you travel outside of your typical time zone you're going to be tired oftentimes mm -hmm. or have jet lag so that's the primary um issue and concern and then just you know being tired um, you know, after playing a game and then have to get on the, a plane to fly however many hours. Um, if you're a team that doesn't have a charter hmm. or a charter, you know, transportation or travel, that could be a concern, you know, trying to get back in time for classes. And, you know, if there's a delay at the airport, um, you know, those are, are issues. And then if unfortunately someone gets injured, you know, and you're away from home several hours you know that could be a concern and not just the student athletes but the support staff right like mm -hmm. you know the coaches um so it'll be a transition for everyone you know um, yeah. I'm certain that they're working out the kinks um but those are just the primary concerns um that we have and then again the academic piece and the academic portion you know like like I said them being able to there's already a challenge, you know, with, with class schedules and practices. Yeah. So, you know, with cross-country travel, you know, thinking about how frequently it will disrupt, you know, their class attendance and um, things of that nature. Yeah. I Like you said, it, it'll be interesting to see how, how everything <laughs> unfolds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, yeah. Anything that, any suggestions that you can have for like Maryland May specifically or what we can do to assist, I think that we all will be open to knowing what we can do to help because it's 
it seems like it's a lot. So um, I want to make sure I mention this too. And you kind of, you've mentioned it before, but September is National Suicide Prevention Month with this mm-hmm. week being National Suicide Pre- Prevention Week. Um, are there any events or additional resources across campus or within your team that you want to share that that's going that people can take advantage of? Um, just for my team in particular, like I said, we have our our Wellness Wednesday programming every third Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so or second Wednesday. So next week we're gonna have WAGS for Wellness and then we'll also incorporate, you know, a program in then for suicide prevention. Mm-hmm. Um so the first half will be WAGS for Wellness and the, the second half will be programming for um suicide prevention and just like psychoeducation. Right. Um, there is one thing that we're working on and that's for all of the, and it's not right now, like hopefully it'll be like by next semester. Um, but for all of the coaches to have, um, uh, mental health first aid training, which includes, you know, suicide prevention, um, the national hotline for suicide prevention is pound, uh, 988. So, or hashtag 988. Um, you know, you can text that number for someone if you are concerned about them, you know, for suicidality or in concerns of suicidality. Um, and also, there's also one thing that I wanted, another additional thing I wanted to mention regarding suicide prevention um, and just the services that we have. Mm-hmm. So, um, like I said, you can, the, the National Suicide Crisis Lifeline is 988. Or you can also text um, if you're just in a crisis and want someone to talk to, um, to kind of, you know, talk you out of that. If you're not directly connected to a clinician, you can text a counselor free for 24-7 or at any time of the day. You can text HOME to 741, I'm sorry, 741741. And that's, you can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741. One seven four one, and that's um that'll connect you to a volunteer crisis counselor if you're not directly con- connected to a clinician yourself, mm-hmm. or if you are connected to a clinician and it's after hours and you need someone that you you know you feel like you need to talk to, and obviously you can dial nine one one, um for that. But those are the you know the crisis uh ca- crisis hotlines. <laughs> no, thank you. Mm-hmm. That that's that's and I and I like that you kind of gave it in that bit so we can we can like shorten it up and share it with um with people too as well because mm-hmm. just in case they don't know but I definitely do appreciate your time and this has been such an amazing episode um diving deeper into self-care and sleep hygiene and the resources that are available to our student athletes here and I hope you know how encouraging you and your staff are and I'm honestly in awe of like the strides you all are making to normalize mental health just because I just got here in March and I just see all the things that y'all have been doing. And so I just, I do, definitely do appreciate it. Oh, we appreciate it too. And, and, you know, like the coaches say, it's, it's a group effort. It's a family mm-hmm. effort. You know, you guys with Marilyn made academics, obviously the coaches and coaches staff. Um, and I do appreciate too, you know, just from President Pines to Damon, mm-hmm. um, for, to Colleen and, you know, my direct supervisor, Dr. Brooks and Dr. Marinopoulos and Dr. Klosner, you know, everyone being in support of mental health and mental health awareness, um, certainly, you know, helps our job be a little bit easier, yeah. um, because every campus doesn't have, um, sports psychology or sports psychology clinicians directly on campus, like mm-hmm. some Although the NCAA, you know, um, has the best practices, um, you know, for 
campuses and campuses within our conference to have um, clinicians available for student athletes. Not everyone has them directly within the department. So we appreciate that, you know, and just the support and engagement for our coaches, like I said, and everyone else within the department. And it certainly helps that student, that student athletes, you know, today are more informed and aware of mental health and, mm -hmm. you know, what they need mental health wise. So that is also helpful too, because, you know, it's kind of like them, you know, being vocal and advocating for themselves and what they need. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, like I said, I'm, I think that's great. And, and you, you're right. It's definitely a team, a team effort and everyone has, it's like all hands on deck. So for sure. Um, now it's time for us to learn a little bit more about your interests outside of your profession through a little section we want to, we call rapid fire. Okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll ask you a question. You have to respond. The first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. <laughs> There's only three of them, so. Okay, I got nervous a little bit, okay. No, no, no. it's only three, it's only three. Um, so what is your favorite movie of all time? Or I guess the one that first comes to mind. Um, now I'm gonna sound so old, but The Five Heartbeats. Um, oh. One of my good. favorite movies. That's, that's a good one. I was just talking to my dad about that earlier, the other day, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <Love> um, <laughs> okay. What I mean, I'm from Washington DC, so this is important to me, but do you have like oh a <laughs> do you have a go-to um restaurant in the DMV that you really enjoy or that, that you come to love since you um did? this may or may not have anything to do with the DMV, but I love pizza. Mm. Lito's is my favorite pizza place. Yeah. Lito's anywhere. I don't know if there is one. I've only lived yeah. as an adult in Maryland, so I don't know, but yeah, yeah I think it's my favorite. No, I think that's a good one. I don't think I've seen Lito's like other places, so maybe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'm a Pizza Hut girl myself. I know that's not as good as Lito's, but that's what I stick no. with. <laughs> but although, like growing up, every Friday my dad would get Pizza Hut. <laughs> yeah, see, I haven't had Pizza Hut in years and years and years. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Okay, last one. Um, do you have a favorite like childhood memory or something that you you really like enjoyed? growing up that you did um uh like um my dad used to take me horseback riding so mm. that's probably a favorite I have two mm -hmm. I take me horseback riding and him like you know showing me how to fly kites like Ooh. out because I'm from like rural areas so we had like a lot of land and you know large space that we could fly kites so those are probably my two favorite childhood memories uh, those, those are those are awesome I know my mom we went to like a kite festival when I was young one time. Oh, really? Wow. That sounds exciting. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, But thank you, Dr. Hall, for participating in such a great conversation. Thank today. you, Deja, for having me. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate all that you guys do as well. Um, You have awesome engagement and support for student athletes. So obviously, like you said, we work hand in hand and we appreciate mm -hmm. that as well. No, of course. And um, just to share with our listeners, if they don't know already, how can people follow you all's updates? I know you have a social media platform for your department or how can they reach out to you all? Yeah, so our social media for our department is uh, UMD Psych. Okay. Um, and that's on Instagram. And then mine is Dr. Christy Hall on Instagram. Okay, perfect. Um, to all of our Maryland athletes, we have a few upcoming events before we close out. So our podcast drops every Monday at 9 a.m. We have two career readiness workshops. The first one is Discovering Yourself, Tuesday, September 12th at 7 p.m. 
The next one is identify who you are on Wednesday, September 13th at 7 p.m. And then we have our first meetings of the year for all of our leadership groups. So we have student athlete advisory committee, which is on Monday, September 18th at 7 p.m. The pre-health TERPS meeting for anyone interested in the pre-health track um, is Tuesday, September 19th at 7 p.m. And then the last one is worldwide search for any international students on Wednesday, September 20th at 7 p.m. You can come interact with fellow student athletes, free food and gossip hall. So just wanted to make sure I say that's open to all student athletes, anyone interested. But thanks again, Dr. Hall, and I hope you Thank have you. a great day. Thank you. Thank you.